0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast. I am your host, Trevor Page. Um, Big apologies for the technical issues we've been having over the last little while. Uh, It's just one of those things, you know, software is software the way it is. And you'd think a computer technician like myself would not have those kind of things. It's kind of like saying a plumber is going to have plumbing problems in his house. So I apologize. We've got it sorted out finally. The streaming is working. The sound is working. We're all good. So before we begin, I just want to say uh, this podcast is brought to you by Douliband Insurance Brokers. Uh has developed a unique discounted group insurance product for all electric vehicle owners, including Tesla owners and the recent lease of the Model 3. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and this is Canada specific here in Ontario, and you're looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Douliband a call at one 4226, or visit their website at Duliban Insurance, that's spelled D-U-L-I-B-A-N, com slash Tesla. Big thanks to our sponsors at Duliban Insurance. Oh, without further ado, let's bring in our guests here. I want to welcome Eric Camacho and Michael Bodner and Mr. Ian Pivelco to the show as regulars. Hey guys, thanks for coming in again. Hello. Uh, well, this is a week of autopilot. There's been a lot of things happening with autopilot, of course. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's just dig in here. Um, now, uh, I'm sure most of you have probably done some autopilot updates on your cars. So the latest firmware, at least on mine, is 2018.24.1 um, or something to, to that effect. Um, some of the big changes, of course, in the autopilot interface, really in the binnacle, of course, and on that first third screen of the uh, of the Model Three, is more of a return to what autopilot used to look like. On version one of the cars where it showed you more cars in your surrounding area it seems to be much more aware um, whereas previously on autopilot 2 um, you would make might see a couple cars and of course when you locked onto uh, your autopilot it would lock onto the car in front of you and then you wouldn't see any of the rest of the cars so that's a big update I matter of fact I took a picture and I posted it online and I counted oh, no not not that particular picture but other ones I counted up to uh, about thirteen, twelve 12 to 13 cars all at once so big improvement of course, unlike Autopilot 1, we don't see any um, motorcycles or trucks. So I think that's probably coming a later software update. So it's right. going to be interesting there. Um, I did notice, though, when I'm driving beside a semi-truck that sometimes it registers as three cars. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little weird as, as going by. Um, so uh, Eric and Mike, wh- what is your uh, opinion and, and um, experience with the latest software update?
1: I think it's been fantastic. Um, it certainly is a welcome reprieve from what uh, people have been using Autopilot for some time I've seen, uh, which is now you really have a greater view of what the world is like without having to use your mirrors as much. Um, uh, what I do find interesting is that the, and I'm sure this will probably come over time, is that the update um, will show when a truck is there. Uh, Versus a car, versus a motorcycle. Uh, Right now, it just shows an object, but it's good because you do, like you said, I've seen um, easily the icons going from right lane to my lane or left lane to my lane. Um, So it's it's just a greater overall view of what's actually happening in front of the car. Um, And I think it's it's something that uh, again will continue to get better. But it's it's a huge huge difference um, in the month I've had actually a month and a two months now I've had the car.
0: (laughs) Um, What's your opinion, Mike? You done any testing?
1: I
2: have done some testing. Uh, so on the Model 3, the version's 21.9, I believe. Uh, the next one should be 24 plus. But uh, specific to Autopilot, a couple of things that I've noticed. Um, first of all, it doesn't seem to switch lanes with a car in the blind spot at all. Uh, it used to do that before. It wasn't mentioned as one of the improvements, but I've noticed that. So that's obviously really good. Um, my first impression was, wow, that's a lot of cars on the screen on the left one-third. <laughs> um but then a couple of days went by, and I realized uh, not a big deal. And uh, I do like Eric just described. I like seeing all the detail. The other thing that I really like, and Trev, you did a video on this in your in your X, and and it works just the same in the three, um, is the highway on ramp off ramp, specifically the off ramp. Uh, it's really fantastic. Uh, before this update, I found that anytime I would hit traffic, I would quickly use the right scroll wheel to drop five miles an hour at a time to kind of preemptively slow down so yeah. that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have a, a harder braking. And uh, sure enough, the car does what I was doing manually automatically now. So I really like it.
0: Yeah. Well, the one thing that I noticed, of course, is that uh, previously my car would freak out if you're in the lane and you're trying to take the exit, and you know it would just barrel through that off ramp. And it was just like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I just, you just get in the habit of actually not using it. But now, um, as long as you're in a, a fairly you know far lane and there's not a lot of cars around. Uh, it seems to behave, uh, you know, a lot better, of course, and it um, and it does actually slow down as you're going around the curve. However, you do have to disengage because it has no ability to stop yet, because the autopilot system is not recognizing uh, street lights or stop signs mm-hmm. or anything like that. If it does see a car in course in front of you, the traffic or cruise control does its thing, so that's 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 fine that way. Um, now, as far as the blind spot thing of switching lanes, it, uh, mine seems to be pretty much the same. Um, as long as it actually sees a lane beside me. So, of course, if you're up against a curb or uh, an embankment or something mm-hmm. like that, it won't switch lanes. Um, cars in that lane, it seems to, you know, as long as it's it sees that it's clear, it will switch. So, um, so far, very happy with it. Um, there are a couple things, though, of course, um, that are still not present yet. Well, maybe, actually, you know what, I'll, I'll talk about that in in just a f- couple of minutes. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to talk about th- this this issue of the NAG screen. <laughs> because i I've, because i've I've talked to some owners who have had autopilot one cars, and the general consensus is that the nags would be about three minutes, and autopilot two up until the recent software update was about a minute and I t- kind of timed it that way now we're down to about thirty seconds so It's not as bad as – I did I did drive another car that had something like that. It was the Nissan Leaf uh, with ProPilot, and that's about 10 Mm -hmm. seconds. I found that just too much, almost, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, a little bit unusable. It's just too much Mm -hmm. nagging. Um, Now, I've since gotten used to the 30-second thing. Now, I just keep a light touch on there. Of course, we're just waiting for this latest software update to come through where Tesla is clarifying, I think, how to hold the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Because it seems to be a lot of confusion. Everybody's freaking out over this fact that you've got to hold the steering wheel. But now all it takes is a little jitter and stuff. Then that's kind of my behavior. What I was doing before, I would right. prefer it. I got used to the one minute thing. I don't mind the one minute thing. I would rather go back to one minute. But I think Elon is, and maybe the lawyers probably got involved and said, "Look, you know, we got to, you know, do something about that." How do you guys feel about the nag situation right now? Are you kind of dealing with it, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's for me it's not a problem uh because i know that a number of us drive a certain way where our left arm is sort of resting palm side up on our left leg uh as the steering reels pretty close to where your leg rests um and i think for a lot of drivers it's pretty good for for me i also think it's good to have their i mean granted 10 seconds is actually very very short as you pointed out with nissan um but 30 seconds is good because you're also not having a driver building complacency um that we've seen a lot of other drivers experience with autopilot uh, when they're, I mean, I've seen this on, on test drives with some people too, where they're like, I'm just going to get my hands off the steering wheel. I've seen the, a lot of YouTube videos where all of a sudden their hands are just off the steering wheel. I'm like, no, 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 you got you gotta keep your hands on. Um, so I think having it at 30 seconds is sort of a, a nice uh, foundation for everybody because it doesn't give you a lot of time. Like if you have to quickly grab something from your glove box or something like that, where you're still able to see the road, it works. Um, but I, but I think it's, it's it, again. I, I think it's just, just kind of like that Goldilocks zone of of being just right. Um, but yeah, as long as there's a little bit of a wiggle, as long as the steering wheel's moving a little bit. Um, and you, you, I think even you just shared a story the other day about the um, the government basically banning the um, those weights that were going on the steering wheels. Yeah, I can also talk that, about that, too. that. Yeah, the thing yeah. called
0: Autopilot, buddy. Uh, yeah. When I, when I saw that product, I was like. Man, there's a lawsuit just waiting to happen right there. <laughs> I mean, oh. and of course, uh, NHTSA in the U.S. has finally chimed in and says, "Okay, that's it, game's over, guys." You know, um, so apparently um, they sent a cease and desist, and they have a cutoff date. So apparently they've jacked the price up another twenty bucks until the cutoff date. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, uh, you know, I will, I will say this, uh, um, and and I think Tesla's right, and some other people have said this that. Um the people that are actually more comfortable with with autopilot are the ones that actually get into more trouble because they they trust it more than beginners. I've taken people for rides in my car and shown them the autopilot and let them drive the car and the trepidation of course at right at first is just like it's palpable for sure but as you get more comfortable and you trust the system, you learn to you know stretch its limits a little bit so I understand the nag thing uh, but I don't have a problem with one minute at half at half a minute it's like okay. If you really want to go let go of the steering wheel, even though you have no occlusions around you, there's no cars, maybe it's a bit much. But, uh, you know what, the other day I just decided, you know what, what's this like? I mean, if I just put my hand on the steering wheel, what's it going to do? And you know what, after a couple of seconds, you, you just kind of forget about it. You just kind of leave it there and it, and it works fine. So maybe that'll be my behavior going forward. So we'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah, Trev, I would say I basically do the same thing as Eric. Um, the only difference is I, I rest my hand palm side down. So it kind of grabs the steering wheel in a comfortable position, always keeps uh, a little resistance on it. And I never get the nag. My opinion, because you just said it really well, is uh, the longer you have the car, the more complacent you get. And those are the people who are in risk of having autopilot accidents. It's usually not the brand new driver. Uh, 30 seconds keeps me honest. And like I said, I, I actually never see the nag message because I'm always applying a little bit of weight. And it's not any less of a convenience feature because my arm's just resting on my leg anyway. Um, a, you know, a minute probably still. All right. But but again, it keeps me honest uh, a little too much time. And you might start fumbling around for a phone looking, doing a text message. We shouldn't be doing that stuff while we're driving. It's not full self driving yet. So I'm generally okay with it. 30 seconds or a minute. Um, realistically, our hands should be on the wheel. So it, it technically shouldn't matter uh, just long enough to take your hands off to flip a radio station or, turn on a single swipe of the wipers
0: yeah i saw that you um was it a picture you posted or was it in your video where you showed mm-hmm. your resting position with your hand i think just on your knee right and you're just kind of holding it
2: yeah, yeah I, I, thought- I posted a, a picture of how i used to before the improved nag if you will <laughs> uh, so just a minor adjustment but still comfortable and, and literally never see the nag message
0: yeah, the seating position in my car doesn't allow for that. The X is much more upright, so you can't. I mean, unless you just take your foot off the dead pedal and move your foot, you know, way up close to you and kind of did one of these things. Um, so I just, <laughs> I just find just the weight of my hand and you know, in that lower uh, seven o'clock position, eight o'clock position is yeah. just enough torque, just to keep it at bay. So, mm-hmm. um, right, Ian, you're awfully quiet. <laughs>
3: well, I can't add a whole lot to this conversation right now because. I got
2: no autopilot. That's okay. Uh,
3: If uh, if you can hang on another two and a half months, I will be able to give you some useful insights because I just booked uh, a flight to uh, San Francisco for the first week
0: of
3: of, uh, September. And I'm going down to visit my friend Fred, who you know. You went for a little flight with him
0: Mm
3: -hmm. last year when you were down there. Say hi to uh, him for me. I will do that. And while I'm there, I'm going to um, grab uh, a Model 3 for a couple of days and uh, hit the desert. Oh,
0: very cool. Awesome.
3: So, yeah, I'll come back with some observations, some video, whatever all else, because oh. at this point, I don't have any hope that uh, I'm going to see my car before then. I have to
0: <laughs> So I'm going to oh. get myself
3: a fix.
1: Yeah, uh, I hear you. I hear you. You can live vicariously through us.
3: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, moving along here, I just want to talk on about the second part of uh, Enhanced Autopilot, because Elon sent us out a tweet, of course, and he said that... Uh, um, he basically said to to uh, to date, the autopilot resources have been rightly focused entirely on safety. But with version nine, which is supposed to be coming out around about August, uh, that's uh, Tesla Elon time, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be seeing um, the beginning of the enabling of the full self driving features. So that's kind of interesting that they're going to start doing that, considering the fact that all of us with enhanced autopilot are still waiting for a couple more features. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the autopilot page, uh, we're still waiting on the on ramp and off ramp. So we got off ramp, but we still don't have on ramp yet. Is that true? No.
2: So, Trev, would you say we officially have off ramp because the car won't actually take the exit? You've got a. Almost disengage autopilot, put it in in, uh, traffic aware cruise control to get into the off-ramp.
0: Yeah, yeah, we should clarify this. Uh, At this point, it's still the baby steps at this point because we can take the off-ramp while you're cruising along, but it's not the automatic one that they've promised on the site, which is basically Mm -hmm. type in the navigation and it will kind of follow the off-ramp and do switchbacks and so on and so forth. We haven't seen that yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're still waiting for that. And the other one is um, enhanced summon which is, you know, of course, Summon just allows you to take the car in and out of a parking space, but if you look at the Tesla's Autopilot page, by the way, if you're following online, it's uh, tesla.com slash autopilot, and you can see, if you scroll down the page a little bit, you'll see uh, some of the features, and one of them is, of course, as I said, uh, Smart um, uh, smart Summon, which is allowing the car, I think at this point on private property, we'll see, um, that allows the car to navigate around um, uh, objects and around houses, maybe other cars, whatever, to 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 navigate its environment. I don't think it's the one I would really like to see is full park seek mode, right, where you get out of mm. the car, press the button, let the car go find its own parking space or meet you at a restaurant. Uh, I don't think Tesla has been very clear on that functionality whether that's EAP or that's FSD. We we just don't know at this point, but uh, at this point we're still waiting. So This tweet leads me to believe that we're looking at the beginnings of some of the stuff for full self-driving, but I'm hoping that part of that is um, some of the upgrades to enhanced autopilot for the Mm -hmm. stuff that's been promised. You you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, Trev, we do have good news. Our first uh, forum member did get the 2018.24 update last night, and someone appeared in his app
0: yeah I did tweet that out because we already had some of that information that's spreading out um, For those of you who are not aware there is a, a website and um, during my live test earlier today um, one of our uh, one of my uh, Twitter followers uh, Matt Abadia uh, reminded everyone that there's a website called EV -fw.com that's EV firmware that's just a short version and what it does is it attracts all the firmware releases on Tesla's um, including the you know what cars it's been um, uh, seen on and how many people have reported it. Now, you have to be a member of the site. You have to sign in. You have to you know sign up your, your Tesla token. Or you can just report it manually, of course. But if you want, you can tie it to your to your Tesla account. So as you get software updates, it automatically gets reported to the site. So for those of you who are interested in following the firmware uh, saga, you can take a look at that website. So just an FYI for people out there looking at that. So, yeah. And Pa, uh, yeah. Autopilot. Very exciting times, I think. Uh, we're, we've definitely seen some big upgrades. Like March was the first one where we got you know, the the big update as far as reliability or is what people call mm-hmm. the confidence update. And uh, now we've got the the u- user interface. Now, Elon did say that uh, version 9 of the software would really come with um, a user interface upgrade, but mostly on the autopilot side, I believe. I think that's what he said in the tweet. Uh, it wasn't going to be, I don't think, a user interface overhaul on the main screens, just mostly for autopilot. I think somebody else was asking about the possibility of being able to see behind the car so maybe having the autopilot display of the car up a little bit forward so that we could actually see cars behind, coming up behind us, that would be mm-hmm. very handy for things like blind spot, blind spot monitoring that everybody's bellyaching about not having on the Teslas. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to uh, to some of that stuff. Um, right. Do you also want to get into the tweet from, uh, from
1: Lexi about um, some improvements for autopilot that uh, Elon said might be in the pipeline? Well, please go ahead. So, uh, so if you don't follow her on Twitter, um, she is uh, Lexi Heft. I want to get to it right. It's L E X I H E F T, and she had tweeted to Elon Musk and Tesla uh, that she was thrilled about some of the stuff about autopilot and the Model Three, and she had made two recommendations to Elon and Tesla to improve the performance of the model three. So one was having a more sensitive auto wiper. Uh, and I've actually had this experience myself where the, like it, today here in South Florida, it's actually raining on the drive home and, uh, the rain was hard enough where it takes time for the wipers to really detect enough water yeah. from the pressure and the speed of the vehicle to then engage the wipers. Yeah. So sometimes you have to turn them on manually first before the car actually does it automatically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. And the second thing was to see if Autopilot can return signals uh, now that it can censor the cars, uh, or sense, rather, the cars in the left or right lanes uh, around you to see if it can detect when cars are trying to emerge in front so that your car is able to adjust with attack uh, more uh, proactively uh, than it is reactively. Uh, so Elon's response to that tweet was coming soon. So again, what what that means, we don't know. Um, this is tweeted back on June sixth, so we're looking at about almost two weeks ago. Um, but Elon at least said that it is something that they're going to try to work on.
0: Well, that's good news. I mean, I'm always looking forward to you know different uh, enhancements. I mean, there's we're just scratching the surface as far as this thing is concerned. I actually did a presentation last night to EV Society about autopilot and it's basically autopilot's artificial intelligence, where I basically went in and just kind of explained Tesla's position as using. Uh, for using a vision-based system as as opposed to a LiDAR-based system. Now, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just putting Tesla's position out there um, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, he had clarified during the financial call back in February of this year when one of the analysts had asked him, well, why are you doing a vision-based system as opposed to LiDAR? And basically, Elon said that, you know, we're, we're trying to go down the hard path to do it on a vision-based system because we believe that, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, that, it will give us a global hole where uh, where other people they are doing LIDAR and they're concentrating on certain urban areas, they're kind of landlocked in some ways. I think that's kind of the gist of what he was saying. So I do believe, I mean, history will prove which one's better than the others, of course. Um, but I think Tesla's really on some solid ground here. And I've watched enough videos, and those of you who may not be aware of what's going on in the vision-based system, um, just do a Google search or, or a YouTube search for NVIDIA CES, uh drive px or something to that effect In the last two or three ces's there's some astounding amount of interesting work that's going on in the vision based systems um uh, from nvidia of course that's what the system that Tesla's using in their cars so uh very informative if you want to go down that rat hole that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) okay moving along um anything else you guys want to add before we move on to uh maybe the next subject
3: If I can just jump in while we're we're talking about both uh, autopilot and and visual tracking, Um, what is everyone's opinion on adding some sort of a driver monitoring? Is something that, you know, like Tesla's been very evasive on that. I mean, I think Elon originally wasn't very impressed with the need to have eye eye on the road tracking uh, in the system, but. You know, you look at what the GM Super Cruise system can do, and I'm wondering, is that something we think that they're actually going to integrate at some point as, you know, as a backup to the NAG
0: Hmm. or
3: even a replacement for it?
0: Well, it's interesting because, you know, Tesla did put that forward-facing or the cabin-facing camera up in the uh, rear-view mirror housing in all the Model 3s. And, of course, they're not using it at this point. So I'm sure somewhere in their whiteboarding sessions they said, what if we do this? And they made that decision and, you know, committed to doing it. What they're going to use it for, we really don't know at this point. And it's interesting that Elon actually tweeted out, and he said, because somebody had asked him about the Super Cruise system, uh, where they're doing eye tracking. And Elon says, well, we don't think it's, or what did he say? We tried it and it didn't work all that well. So where does that fit in with the camera in the Model 3? Who knows at this point? Maybe this, you know, for something maybe in the future, or maybe he's just being cagey about it. I don't know. I don't think Tesla's, or Tesla, Elon's the kind of guy who would, deliberately lie about something. He may put out maybe a half-truth or answer a halfway, but I think in this case he doesn't really know exactly what they're doing. I think they're kind of maybe hedging their bets. Um, History will prove exactly what they're going to do, but, yeah, I don't know.
2: I mean, my my sense on that is I I believe those cameras usually have difficulty with polarized glasses. So right off the bat, big issue for anyone who likes glasses like that, the system's not going to track their eyes, (laughs) Um, and then they're always going to get nagged or or it's going to fail. I always thought that that camera was for when you send your car into the Tesla fleet um, and put your car out there, that you could watch people in your car when, you, mm-hmm. when you're renting yes. it out. That was that was always my assumption of what that camera was for. At that point, I'll put a nice piece of tape over it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. We'll see. Um, I'm, I mean, on the sunglass front, it's almost dirty girl when you're driving a Model X because, oh, my God, you just get okay. blinded. Okay, uh, let's move on. we got another subject here. Um, have any of you watched uh, Jack Rickard's YouTube channel? Um, he's the older fellow. who has got a shop. I think he's in Michigan or um, Missouri or something like that. Anyways, he um, got, him, got a hold of a uh, Model 3 that was wrecked and proceeded to uh, disembowel the battery pack. And boy, oh boy, is there some interesting stuff in this model three battery pack? Um, there were some illusions, some early pictures of a model three battery pack taken apart- uh taken apart by um uh, Sandy at Monroe associates uh but Jack really went into detail on this thing uh you guys't watch this I'll put a link into um into the video or the the show description if you guys cared about watching that but I'll just rattle off some of the stuff that I was able to write down here uh, basically, it's a very energy dense uh battery pack at two hundred and twenty two watt hours per kilogram. Um, There's 4,416 cells per pack or 1150 modules uh, uh, or 1150 cells per module I should say. Um, The Model 3 battery pack is four modules, it's not 16 like the S and the XR. So we're talking about some very large bricks and that reminds me a little bit because when they first introduced the 100 kilowatt hour battery pack on the S and the X, uh, JP Straubel, during one of the financial calls, said that they were testing this new cooling mechanism that was eventually going to go into the Model 3, and they were using that as a sort of a test bit. So, one of the things they did on the S and the X is that they eliminated a single loop cooling, uh, l- well, the single channel cooling loop, if you will, per module, and did two. It was split. So, I believe that's what they're doing on the Model 3. They have much longer. Uh, because of the battery packs being, or the battery modules, boy, I'm tongue-tied tonight, because the battery modules are so much larger um, that they're using at least two cooling loops per module. So that's interesting. Uh, the nominal energy uh, of the battery pack is 80.5 uh, kilowatt hours. So I know a lot of people say it's roughly 75. That might be the actual usable amount, but the nominal amount is 80.5. And uh, they, he also said that the, let me see here, uh, As far as the energy uh, density was concerned, compared to a Chevy Bolt, the Bolt's coming in 195 uh, watt-hours per kilogram, whereas the Model 3 is 222. So we're talking Mm -hmm. some super, super dense technology uh, with some new cells and stuff. So this thing has legs. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that they've done, too, and I don't have pictures, unfortunately, but I'll let you watch the YouTube channel – And this was kind of alluded to as some leaked um, images a few months ago on the battery pack on the Model 3. But what they're doing is they're integrating the inverters, uh, the cooling modules, uh, the pyrotechnics, all this other stuff. is all built into that hump that sits under the passenger seat in the rear. Mm -hmm. So instead of having all these different electronics spread around the car like the S and the X, they've built it all into the battery pack. So what that does is that it basically allows them for easier manufacturing and easier building of the car, of course. That's one of the tenets of the Model 3. It has to be easier to build. So, uh, yeah, quite interesting. I mean, and this this kind of stuff spins my propeller, you know, as a nerd as I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that Elon also confirmed, too, that it, they were looking at getting rid... Uh, most of their cells are containing about 3% cobalt, and uh, they want to move to zero. They want to get rid of cobalt completely. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a chemist. I don't know what cobalt gives to the battery chemistry or what it actually does. Uh, if any of you know, please chime in. Uh, but... If you do any bit of research, you'll find out that cobalt is mostly coming out of um, uh, Niger or the Congo, I think, in in Africa. Bad places. Yeah, yeah bad bad places. Um, so, I think from a political standpoint, that's actually a good way to go. Um, but it just shows that uh, you know the chemistry on the battery front is not standing still. They're definitely doing some improvements there. So, okay.
1: Any comments? When i I was gonna say what, what amazes me most about all of this is that first and foremost, Elon said a while ago that the Model 3 batteries are going to be the densest, most efficient batteries that they've ever produced. And so far, you know, we're, we're seeing these numbers trickle out from various sources, but so far it's, it's proven to be correct. But what amazes me more is just in the very short time frame that Tesla has existed as a company, we've seen the advancement of battery technology move in ways I don't think any other industry could have ever shown had it not been for the push to, for sustainable energy and the push for uh, renewable resources. And so um, to see what Tesla's done with their batteries in the span of three different models of cars uh, within a matter of, you know, five, six, seven years is just absolutely incredible. Um, and it's only going to continue to improve um, as more and more cars are produced.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um... I know somebody was asking me a little bit earlier today a question when I did a a test feed that they were saying, when do you expect to see or do you expect to see the 2170 cells eventually in the S and the X? And if you look at Tesla's history, um, the answer is yes. I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, They do have a lot of projects uh, in the works right now. Um, How far along as far as that's concerned, I don't know. Uh, You know, an S and an X refresh have been rumored for a long time, especially in the S front because the X has only been in production for about three years. So it's kind of like mid cycle at this point but the s is kind of overdue in some ways so there's definitely some tech in the model 3 that's kind of usurping the s and the x and they did say that the s and the x were going to be the technology leaders. so i think if you look at if you put it in that kind of context we're definitely due for something along those lines um i mean the the tesla semi truck most assuredly uses the 2170s and uh, the Roadster, it just makes total sense that they would do that too. So it, it just makes sense. If you're gonna reduce the cost, if you're gonna reduce your, your environmental impact, you can't keep importing from Japan all they have, um, like they have with Panasonic all these years. So it's no loss to Panasonic, of course, because they're a partner in the Gigafactory. That's where they're making the sales for the three. So we'll see what transpires there. Um, so we'll leave it that at that. We wanna take a little bit of a break here and uh, talk about uh, Finelab, who are one of our sponsors here. And uh, did you know that due to recent changes in environmental laws, most modern cars' factory, factory paints are thinner, softer, more fragile than ever before? This is great for the world we all love and share, but not so great for a brand new car showroom, Shine. Teslas are no exception to this rule, and are extremely susceptible to UV damage, fading swirl marks, bird droppings, acid rain marks and other environmental contaminants. But not to worry, as Fine Lab has the answer. Our line of ceramic coatings were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the DIYer and the professional detailer. Did we mention we all have we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Finelab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Big thank you to our sponsors at Finelab. We like their product. I have it on my X. It makes washing super easy. So if if you don't have a ceramic coating, definitely check them out because if you like washing your car like I do, man, it's awesome. So, having said that, let's uh, move on. We got one more little bit here, and of course this has been making the news a lot, is this this Tesla employee worker at the Gigafactory Factory um, sabotaging, so to speak, as, t- as easily on And it's really getting messy. Um, I just saw a tweet today that uh, Tesla has hired the prosecutor that was responsible for the Enron scandal. The, pro- the prosecutor, not the defendant, of course. Uh, they've hired this guy to go after this guy. So, yeah... Any thoughts on this, guys? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, obviously, there's two sides to every story. Um, but if you read the electric article, their their take on it, I, I tend to agree with it. It's this individual is not painting himself in the best light with whatever it is he's trying to achieve or accomplish. So, my general sense is, uh, I usually side with Tesla. They usually do the right thing, and this feels like another case where they're going to do the right thing and. Someone else is upset, maybe they didn't get the promotion they they wanted, or you know whatever happened happened, and um, it, the truth should come out. But I think everything will be all right on the Tesla side here.
0: A little bit on the extreme side to be going and uh, hacking into systems, and and I mean, man, he's in a world of hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's...
3: I'm, uh, I'm very curious to see if he's acting alone or if there's somebody else behind him. I mean, that's you know everyone's been. Kind of gotten
0: the rumor mill going on this, but uh, I'm there. I'm was, very curious to see what there. Saying. There was some talk, I think, online that he might have been feeding the information to a third party. So there could have been something going on. Like I mean, it's too early to you know to speculate on on this stuff. But I mean, everything's flying around and stuff. But man, if you're looking for a promotion, you couldn't ask for a worse way to be doing this. Because now uh, he didn't think this through, obviously, because now he's in a world of hurt. And I would not want to be in his shoes to be doing something like this because, I mean, not only did he hack Tesla systems and steal the data, but apparently um, there were, you know, there's some talk, of course, that he might have fed some false information to the media about production and so um, and so on and so forth. So he's he did uh, quite a bit of damage uh, to the company. Now I did look at the stock; it did take a hit, but um, it's largely recovered. I think uh, anybody got the Tesla stock in front of them, but I checked it today and it was mostly back up.
3: Mid to two, mid to high two hundred and fifty. Right, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, three forty-seven. Okay. So oh, sorry.
3: Yeah. Three. Yeah. Three. Three forty-seven. you said. Three forty-seven fifty-one to be exact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, so, was, it was, was three fifty something when I looked at it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as as one would want, I mean, the media likes to take these things, and of course, since Wall Street's very, very jittery when it comes to Tesla in, in a lot of ways, um, but um, anyways, I still think the short squeeze of the century is certainly coming. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's going to be, um, do, do you guys, um, follow the Twitter account value analyst? Nope. Oh, you totally, totally should follow that, that guy. He knows what he's to. doing <laughs> compared to all the other guys. This guy's been on it like since day one. He's like, he's accurate. Like you wouldn't believe. Plus he's funny. He's got some good ones. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, let's see here. I want to talk about this little, th- I think it really comes back to, um, this, this concept of Tesla making constant changes on their cars, um, as production keeps going. Um, I think a lot of you probably know by now that we had a meetup here in Toronto, um, on Saturday night, last Saturday night, we had over a hundred cars show up and, uh, over 300 people. So it was, it was big. Uh, and I didn't expect this many people. I just thought we'd maybe get half a dozen. I would have been happy, but, uh, yeah, it certainly, it certainly got very big. Um, And one of the things that I I had an opportunity to actually see was was an owner who came up to me and he says, I want to show you something on the car. I thought, okay, sure. Um, And what he showed me was in the trunk area of the Model 3, when you open the lift gate, uh, right at the bottom of the window, there's the, of course, the seal that goes around the opening, the inner seal, I should speak. And underneath the... The trunk lid there's a there's a stretch of metal of course that goes from one side to the other and on his car there was no cladding there it was just bare metal and he said you just run your finger along it but very very careful because it'll cut you and i could certainly feel it and his buddy said yeah i wanted to show you that because come look at mine now of course this guy that had no cladding on it his vin was uh, he said i think he was said around the seventeen thousand. and uh this other fellow i went and looked this car and, and it's in the video by the way if you want to watch it I'll put a link in the video here um, in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Um, When he opens truck lid, Tesla had installed a piece of plastic cladding along the bottom. So, And his number, I think his VIN was like uh, 30,000 or somewhere somewhere up there, upper upper 28,000, something along those lines. Anyways, the point is uh, Tesla's constantly making changes to the car. And I actually went back and looked at my video footage that I did on the Model 3 um, that Ken and I did last year. In September and it didn't have the trim piece either so it, it's obvious that <laughs> something changed along the line <laughs> and, and I think for the better of course because uh, yeah that sharp piece of metal um, Michael I think you have some, some you, you were saying something a little bit earlier about luggage
2: <laughs> yeah well I've actually got two updates on the uh, trunk because there's one other change that I, I you've noticed you've got, a, you got little... a whole
0: thread going on on the forum about this
2: I've got two separate threads now so one on the trunk piece uh, I was able to track it down we found the part number um, and my mobile service uh, technician here did order the part for me. And we do have some talk from others who have tried the same, and they've been told there will be a little bit of a delay getting the part, and then others who are told it's not possible to retrofit. So we're a little all over the place, but it feels like, seems like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the piece. Um, certainly forget cutting your hands, put some luggage in the trunk, you might scratch your luggage, uh, removing it a stroller, golf clubs. Uh, it's better all around, and obviously it looks better as well. Uh, visually though, truthfully, you only notice it if you're lower than the car looking up. Um, but once you know something, you kind of look at it all the time. At least my OCD does that. One other thing I noticed, um, in the vent area between the trunk into the cabin, my car has these white triangular wedges. They're, they're glued down. They're, they're fixtures. They're not, a uh, just for shipping. And I did a poll, um, cause I had never seen another car that had this and some have it. Most don't. So that was another change they did in the in the trunk. Obviously, they switched to probably a, a darker foam uh, for vibration damping that, that installs differently. But uh, I picked up on that one as well. If you've got a lower VIN, I'm I'm under 6,000. You'll probably have uh, those two white foam wedges in there as well. Don't take those out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what did they say? They said that the trim piece is not mm-hmm. a retrofit. So if, if you ask for it, you won't be able to get it if you had a lower, a lower VIN?
2: Right. So we had, we had a few reply to the thread saying that they were advised that they could not have the piece. Um, Some who said that the piece would be ordered for them, but it might take two to three months to come in. Um, And then my service advisor told me he already ordered it.
3: Now, Michael, did you notice if that's in relation to a particular VIN where there's certain very low VINs where it it wouldn't work? And then maybe as we we went up the VIN scale, you know, they were retrofittable?
2: Um, That I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty low and I, I, I'm just under 6,000, so if it's going to work on my car, it probably should work on most of the, the Model 3s that are out
3: there. Logically, yes. I'm just thinking if they had super early VINs, if there was some reason why it wouldn't work, I couldn't imagine why. Like, Has that cross-member really been changed? It doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Uh, the only thing I can think of, uh, and this is just me, specula- pure speculation, Uh, My service advisor said it was really hard for him to even find the part in the first place. So it might be that the other individuals, their service advisor looked and and had the same struggle, but just couldn't find it. And mine dug a little deeper and uh, he found it for me. So uh, for those maybe who were told no, uh, you know, maybe ask again, Um, check out on the forum. I I do have a post where I show the part number. So that might help as well to uh, share the part number.
1: Hmm.
0: Er Eric, do do you have this piece? Have you even checked your car?
1: I haven't checked my car, so I don't know if it's if it's there or not. Um, so yeah. I'll, it's your, it's dark now, so I'll probably take a look at it. No,
0: tomorrow. that's fine. But is is like is your VIN in the same vicinity as as Mike's, or is yours a much higher VIN? Like, is it mine?
1: Roughly? mine is just below thirteen thousand. So mine's about twice the number. Again, they've obviously had gaps in the numbers at times. But yeah, mine's mine's about twice as high as oh, okay. uh, mine.
0: Be interesting, because like I said, the one that I saw um, was a. He said it was around a seventeen thousand ish VIN, and the other car that I saw was was sub thirty thousand, and it certainly had the the part. So there seems to be some discussion that this this part has been added. I mean, this is not the last time we're going to see this. The, the parts are going to change, right? Uh, it's just mm-hmm. the nature of how Tesla does things. So yeah, it'd be very interesting to see uh, what other things they will change in due time.
1: I will say though that I I seldom use my trunk. I mean, I've gone to Costco and other other shopping stores, and I buy a lot amount of stuff, but I don't use my trunk as much as Michael. I know Michael's a husband and a father, so he's obviously got a lot more stuff to haul <laughs> back and forth. Um, so for me, it's just, I just use my car to drive to work every day. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, um, I thankfully, the times I have put stuff in the trunk hasn't been caught or anything or ripped or something like that. So my, my trunk is nice and clean.
0: What about your front, What about the front trunk? Do you find yourself using
1: that? You know what? There's been a couple instances where I've, I've wanted to put things in just to see how it fit. And it just it never really worked. So the only thing I really keep in my frunk is uh, my pack for my mobile uh, charging kit. That's about it.
0: Oh, I see.
2: Well, let me give you the, the secret trick for the frunk. Please do. Uh, it is best used for smelly takeout food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <because> that. that
0: <laughs> somebody on the forum. That, somebody on the forum uploaded a picture of a pizza in the front trunk. <laughs>
2: that's that's what I use it for. That way you don't get the garlic uh, the garlic smell in the car. Uh, right. If you put it in the trunk, you're going to smell it in the car with that vent. <laughs> well,
0: I'll, this is not something you guys will probably experience, but up here it's great for keeping stuff cold in the winter. You can just throw it in the front trunk because it's not insulated. So if you want to keep your <laughs> – you want to meet the – you know, you go to Costco and you spend in $700 mm-hmm. on fun on, on meat, whatever you can just kind of throw it in there. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. Well, we're getting to the end of this thing. Um, any final thoughts before we sign off tonight? Anybody want to uh, – throw a couple more things at us? Um, well, I do want oh, Go, ahead, go ahead,
2: No, please okay. go ahead. Um, I hope I'm not putting us down the rabbit hole and I didn't get a chance to fact-check the numbers, but this one's relevant to me because it doesn't fail every day. You know, I start talking about Tesla because it's what I love to do, mm-hmm. and somebody says to me, but those cars catch on fire. Oh, God. Um, and I saw an interesting tweet. Again, I didn't fact-check the numbers, but uh, with it said about 300,000 Teslas sold um, a very minuscule percentage of them have caught fire with some like 42 or 43 of them and then took the sales for all other cars that weren't Tesla. And, and they're about five times more likely to catch on fire. So I always, you know, I try to find a jokingly way when somebody says to me, you know, I'm just worried about you. You have a Tesla. And I say, well, I'm just worried about you. You don't have a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Gas burns also, um, not just batteries. So you, you
0: do realize you're driving around with, uh, you know, 15 gallons worth of highly volatile fuel in your tank, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. So I just felt like sharing that. Yeah. I mean, you, it's called an internal combustion engine. The keyword combustion. <laughs>
3: or, or if you had an early 70s Pinto, an external combustion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What was that movie, uh, the one with Val Kilmer, where they showed a Pinto? Somebody banged, just kissing what, the bumper, when that car Real exploded. Uh, I forget what that movie was. Top Secret. Wasn't it Top Secret with Val no, maybe Kilmer?
1: Maybe Top Secret, but Real Genius is a classic, too. Oh, yeah. i got to
3: watch that one again.
0: Well, guys, uh, we're going to call it in, uh, a night. Um, so Ooh. what I wanted we, to we uh, offer you is...
3: Was... We, we haven't talked about oh. the performance model once.
0: Oh, no. Well, How's like I said, podcast? you know, um, in Canada, a lot of us are still waiting for this. And uh, one of my buddies is just, like, constantly asking for Elon (laughs) on updates on this thing. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So, uh, Jay, keep the faith. I know he was was telling me privately, I'm getting fed up. I might go buy a portion. I said, no, dude, you're going to regret that. Don't be doing that. So I talked him off the ledge. I talked him off the ledge, I think. So, anyways, Jay, if you're listening, keep the faith, buddy. Keep the faith. It'll be coming soon. Anyways, uh, with that, we'll leave it like that. And uh, So everybody, you want to give us a little bit of a plug there? Eric, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you? Uh,
1: So sure. Uh, Real things first, though. I do want to thank our sponsors. It's fantastic. Uh, Thank you to our Patreon supporters for supporting this channel. Uh, Thank you for all the followers, all the likes, all the commenters. You guys really help us uh, keep going. Uh, You you guys can follow me on Twitter at ecfix. That's E-C-F-I-X. Again, it's on Twitter. Excellent. Michael, how about
0: you? Where can people find you?
2: Uh, Well, I'll do the same thing. I'd like to say thank you to Trev, of course, uh, for organizing (laughs) this, putting together and and, and working through the technical difficulties we've had. Um, It's been tough, but we're finally there. Um, You guys can find me on Twitter and YouTube. I've got a brand new name. It's it's all just happening. It started today. And it is Tesla Tunity, Uh, like Tesla Opportunity. Put them together. It's a Tesla Tunity.
0: Yes, please make sure you uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's he's actually doing some really good videos. Very useful.
3: Yeah, they're, they're excellent. I'll vouch for that.
0: Thank you. Ian, last but not least, where can people find the the Model 3 wheel expert on the interweb?
3: Well, there's a few possibilities. If you go to Model 3 Owners Club forum, uh, you'll find me under the handle Matt Hungarian. There's uh, any question you have about wheels and tires. That's kind of my wheelhouse. Uh, get it, wheelhouse. And, uh... I'd be happy to uh, to respond, either to a private message or any public discussion. We have a an ongoing technical thread for any wheel and tire questions, so there's lots of juicy stuff going around there. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, at Ian Pavelko, or just look up Mad Hungarian, uh, and you'll either get me or the baseball player, but usually me. <laughs> um, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's This is a reference to Gumball Rally. That's where I got the handle from, and my boss, who's called me the Mad Hungarian for 30-odd years, well, just because
0: of- <laughs> That's where you're... Twitter profile comes from. Picture. Yes, exactly. So yeah,
3: that's exact. Yes. Anyone who knows the gumball rally would recognize the picture. That's awesome. Um, and then of course you can always uh, head over to teespring.com, the uh, the custom t-shirt shop and look Absolutely. up Matt Hungarian. And you'll see Matt Hungarian's Evolve Wear. And that's where uh, I have my little campaign going to sell the Evolve t-shirts, uh, which you might have seen around. Uh, again, a huge shout out to all the owners who've been wearing those to the delivery events. Um, that is so gratifying for me to see. It's it's a great cause. It raises money for uh, three different organizations. We have LAVEC in Quebec, um, Electromobility Canada, and in the U.S., in America are all, all each getting uh, a cut of the profits on this. And uh, I have to say, just since the podcast, we've been running the podcast, I've sold another 40 shirts. We're up to a 450 awesome. shirts sold in this program. And it's, it's going like wildfire. Now, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a few people have, have written in and said that, hey, I can't get a certain shirt in a certain color. This is because the supplier um, on my shirts was uh, American Apparel, and uh, they went Chapter 13 last month. I just Mm -hmm. got this from Seaspring. So we're in the process of rolling that over to a new supplier within sometime within the week. That should be resolved. So if you're waiting for a particular size or color, uh, please be patient. I'll I'll put an announcement out on the forum, and I'll I'll tweet it out so everybody knows.
0: Excellent. Great. Thanks for that. And uh, for those of you who are interested in his shirts, I'll put a link in the video description. You can check out all of his stuff. I love his shirt. I, I wear it. I wore it at the um, at the car show on, on Sunday, and people are always commenting about that because it says Evolve on the back. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why there was so
1: much content for you during the broadcast, because you needed all the time at the end to talk about all your social media handles. Yes, <laughs> pretty much the case.
0: Well, that's the end of this to uh, this show for this week, folks. Make sure you follow us. Uh, my handle on Twitter is at Model3Owners, and you can check out our forum at model 3 Club.com. And as Eric mentioned, if you want to keep the channel going, we'd appreciate it if you take a look at our Patreon page, and you can find that at Patreon.com slash model 3 Owners Club. That's it for this week, folks, and we will catch you next week, same time, same channel. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for watching, guys.